0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to the This Are Johnny Domino podcast. If you're looking for lo-fi arsing about and two blokes rambling on about songs that no one's ever heard before, then you're in the right place.
1: Can I just say, I think of all the podcasts that I listen to, I think we've got the grooviest theme tune.
0: Yeah. How, how many podcasts do you listen to? too?
1: I listen to loads and, I, and obviously I work on them as a podcast editor, podcastingeditor.com for all your podcast editing needs. But as we were listening to it then, I was kind of, I was grooving away. You can't see it, but I'm, I'm shimmying.
0: It's a vibe.
1: It's a vibe. It's definitely is a vibe
0: right so uh, welcome back here we are if it's if you're returning visitor but if you are a new person uh basically we are two brothers that are listening to music that we made a long time ago like 30 years ago we've already established that it's basically not us anymore it's like Hmm. the music of different people so we're not being overly self-congratulatory or arrogant in any way by making this self obsessed podcast. And we, we're reacting to it. We're listening to it. We're talking about music. We're talking about culture. It's getting pretty,
1: getting into the nitty gritty of what life is about. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that voice was my brother Giles, and I am Steve. Hello. It's nice that you're here, Steve. It's nice to have you here as well. I'm looking forward to this because it's an odd selection of songs, but not in a Oh, this this is weird sort of recording. I think it's.
0: Do you think we've got a good selection? You know, we we, we, we've we've had issues before because you feel that there's not enough jeopardy because you feel that we picked like maybe like one one good song and then mm -hmm. like a load of some other ones that are perhaps like we know that they weren't that good. But do you think perhaps we've got three songs here that are all good?
1: I think we've got a lot to talk about with them.
0: We better get straight on with it. Let's go. Right. We can't, can't do too much faffing around at the start of this episode, right? We need to get right in with the first track. Okay. Right? And the first track is called I'm Not In Anymore. Tell us about when we recorded it, Steve.
1: This is another example of me having some grand idea of recording like an epic, heartbreaking, post-rock tearjerker and... I mean, I can barely remember the song. I think it was four chords. I was on acoustic guitar and you're playing the drums and you gamely went along with me for about five minutes. And then we finished doing it and then we started chaffing around and we never finished recording the epic song, never actually completed it. But we did complete this one and we probably completed it on the same day. And this, I think, is, again, one of my favourites.
0: What year is this?
1: 95, 96, I think it was. 1995. Going all the way back. Mm. As we're doing this, I'm constantly thinking of that. Again, we've mentioned him before, Philip Larkin poem about, I have started to say 25 years ago about my own life. I'm constantly reminded of that poem as we talk about this, because in a way it feels like five minutes ago, but it's very, very clearly 30 years ago.
0: There you go. It happens to all of us. Sometimes it feels like it's five minutes ago. Sometimes it feels like it, it was a really long time ago. It's like it's weird. Perspective changes, you know. Mm. Anyway, this song, just to kind of lay the foundations, right, it's basically guitar and drums and percussion and vocals, isn't it? There's not like it's the instrumentation on this is quite sparse. There's a harmonica solo. Oh, there's a really bad harmonica solo. Listen out for that, kids. But when I was listening to it the other day, I was thinking that guitar has a very, very, your guitar is worth talking about. It has a very interesting sound. I remember that Yamaha acoustic guitar that you used to play was extremely hard for me to play. It really hurt my fingers. Mm -hmm. And it's got quite a high action. Yeah, baby, or it's just—it's got, or you used really like heavy strings. I don't know what you did, but it did stop me from playing the acoustic guitar, which is probably a good thing, right? Considering the evidence of songs that we did where I did play the acoustic guitar. Let's not go there at the moment, right? We'll come to, we'll come to that. Let's never go there, right? But yeah, it's got that very high action. It sounds like it's hurting your fingers. I actually can hear you—the f- fingers hurting when I hear this guitar bit right? It sounds like wire, mm. right? It's really tight. And, and, and it also, the way you've recorded the guitar, it sounds a bit like your head's inside the guitar, but the mic, it's like it's close mic, right? Yeah. I quite like that. And also it's the vocals. Yeah. It's me talking about getting in and mm. I think or being in, I think that's like getting in with girls in a kind of a Mike Skinner kind of way. I'm sort of like a version of Mike Skinner that perhaps just studied
1: English literature A-level. I don't think it is about that. I think it's about, I always read it as I'm not in, as in I'm not cool anymore. You know, you're not in the in crowd.
0: But then the the chorus is all, sorry, the verses are all about like a girl from Spondon or whatever.
1: Girls from Woolerton and girls from Spondon.
0: Yeah. So I think it's kind of more about the kind of getting in or being in with somebody. So that's what it's about. It's it's like that, being in with someone or not being in with someone.
1: And for a recording where we said we weren't going to talk much before the first song, we've gone on for ages talking about the first song. I know, but we've just, I've
0: introduced it. We've laid the foundation.
2: She looks quite far gone I've seen her before It's I'm not in anymore So I can't complain about that Hey, hey she's looking at you So play your best face And shake the pigeon boy she feeds Cut it all open, stick it back together Rip it all up
0: Did It hurt your fingers playing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it did. I thought it would, but that's the guitar that I learned how to play on, really. And so when I got that guitar back, um, was it earlier this year or late last year? Uh, I, yeah, I, year? I just know how to play it. I've been, you know, I've been playing guitar for, for years, but sometimes when I try and play on, on different guitars, I can't play the bits that I used to play. Get that guitar back, I can play them.
0: It's got a particular sound, though, hasn't it?
1: Mm. But the thing is, without being too pompous about it, I always liked like guitarists like Kristen Hirsch from Throw Muses. When she used to play the acoustic guitar, it was like she was playing it in a very aggressive way. When you think about acoustic guitars, you can kind of get the idea. Like, it's like that thing about that Smith lyric. I thought that if you had an acoustic guitar, it meant that you were a protest singer. And it's like I wanted to show again, it sounds incredibly pompous having a kind of manifesto about the acoustic guitar, but I wanted to... It's like when we recorded on 4-track, on we wanted to show that we could record things on 4-track cassette recorder and it sounded good.
0: And you were trying to show that an acoustic guitar could be used in a kind of a, a more of a kind of a, a aggressive... Way, way, sort of just, way, like, yeah. just like strumming more punk yeah. acoustic guitar yeah I, I was worried there that you were going to do your thing where you go it's not i was going to i was going to make a jingle for it the bit where you go it's not you go it's not, go, it's not ginger baker
1: it's not no. wagner wagner sorry not wagner it's not it's definitely not wagner there's <laughs> it it an old x-factor reference <laughs> That does sound like I had. Yeah. I probably did have some kind of manifesto in my head at the time, similar to the four-track recording thing. But I just wanted to show acoustic guitars could do different things to yeah, myself. Yeah. I think, anything.
0: I, 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 yeah, it's a good experiment, isn't it? is hmm. not um,
1: what is what else do you like about that track? Is there anything I like the it? fact that you forget how to speak on the last chorus when you, <laughs> the line is um, "She looks quite far gone." She go to London, and you, <laughs> I just oh, really yeah, like yeah. that.
0: Yeah, uh, I could pretend that I did that on purpose. What do you
1: think about the lyrics? Do you think you're being too hard on these women? <laughs> <laughs> you know, she looks quite far gone. She goes to she goes she goes to London, or she goes to Wollerton And the thing is, we, we need to do. We need to explain what Spondin is and what Woolerton is.
0: All right, okay, let's talk about the lyrics then. We're going to head into this particular can of worms, all right. Okay, okay. Earlier, earlier in the episode than I thought we were, but it's fine. Okay, so anyway, the line in the song about a, a girl from Spondon. Spondon is a is a small town near Derby. It's a that's suburb, yeah. Not not particularly nice. At, well, I'm sorry to anyone who lives in Spondon, but I don't think it's a particularly nice place to live. And certainly when this was recorded my main thought about Spondon was that it smelt a bit because it was a sewage work near nearby to Spondon. I don't know whether it still smells as bad, but it
1: did smell. Interesting fact about Spondon is mm. Graham Coxon was born there. Graham Coxon, guitarist from Blur. Yeah.
0: So smelly Spondon, and then you've got like Woolerton, which is in contrast to Spondon, which is a suburb of Nottingham, which is uh, quite a leafy and quite a middle class place. So I think I was picking two places that were quite different. But yeah, in terms of like, are we we being, am I being quite uh, mean to these women? I think some of the lyrics in some of these songs, I think, are of the time. Hmm. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I don't know whether I regret some of the stuff that I wrote because it's obviously what I was thinking about at the time and it's who I was. But I think it was because I was so... Needy in a way, and I really, really wanted a girlfriend right and it was that kind of very typical thing that a young man might do, which is kind of like well you, if you don't like me i'm going to be a dick to you or or at least in my own mind i'm going to sort of think dickish things about you. i didn't like you anyway, so I think there's a bit of that definitely i don 't know some some of the lyrics, if I listen too hard to them. I, it makes me feel a little bit like, mm, that's not very good. You know, I want to have a, I want to give myself a strong talking to about like, you know, treating people like people and stuff like that. Mm. I, uh, and I think that will come up in, in quite a few songs, but I don't know. I still think this song's all right. I like the, the music. I really like, and I like the percussion a lot. Yeah. And the, uh, Hey, bit that we do. Hey, hey, that bit yeah. is quite cool. So there's some good bits to it, and it doesn't sound like anything else, does it?
1: No, I think I think a lot of the energy of it comes from the fact that we did record it all in one day. So you know, we did the music. I, I mean, we recorded one of the guitar tracks and the drums at the same time. I put another guitar track on it because at this point we didn't have a bass. so I played the bass on the acoustic guitar, then we did the virtuosic harmonica solo and the haze and the vocals. And it was it was done in like one one go really. And I think that's part of it. And I'm not trying to cancel you with the lyrics. I'm not trying to sort of like bring anyone down with it. But Sorry. you know, I think it is, it's of an age and we were at that age and it goes back to what the AI called us being awkward around girls and women because we were like
0: a lot of people yeah, yeah, yeah you know that age you know what I mean it's like you know you you kind of you really really want to connect with somebody mm. but you you sort of spend your time in situations which make it really difficult to do that like hanging around in, well that's what we used to do hanging around in bars and clubs which is like really difficult places to <laughs> kind of connect with somebody so you know it was an awkward time but we got over it we grew up, we get through it. But this is like evidence of going through that time, I think, you know.
1: It's, um, it's reportage from the front lines.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know. But yeah, it's good. And, and yeah, the harmonica bit, I don't know, this time I quite liked it. It sounds like a toy harmonica. I've got no problem with it. Tell us about the next song, Steve.
1: Okay, the next song is a song called Dick's Kitchen. And this is from the Johnny Domino as a four-piece band, an eight-legged groove machine, period. And it's called Dick's Kitchen because I've got a memory of us kind of working this song up in a rehearsal that we had in our friend, Dick, who we've mentioned a lot of times on the podcast. We rehearsed at his house for some reason, mostly because he lived on a farm. Mm. So we we went to the – I think we only did it once or twice.
0: I thought we recorded this in Dick's Kitchen.
1: Well, I was just about to say that because I just had a memory. On our first, in inverted commas, proper album, uh, it was an album called Rabbit Themes.
0: It's available on Johnny Domino Bandcamp, anyone who wants to listen to it.
1: You can listen to it. You could possibly even buy it if you wanted to.
0: If you really wanted to.
1: And we have a small pile of CDs under all of our beds. And again, yeah, the so word, if
0: you want one, please get in contact.
1: And the word small is definitely in inverted commas. Uh, referring to the pile of CDs, unsold CDs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we recorded the bass and guitar tracks for pretty much the whole album at Dick's house because yeah. he lived on a farm and there was no one around. So we it's turned, turned everything up. I mean, for later recordings and albums, we we weren't quite as considerate. We just did everything at home. But yeah, we did everything pretty much in one go, just me and you sort of with it. With, split headphones on just kind of Mm. hammering away at them
0: Mm. so this is the sound of 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 a recording done in a farm farm kitchen you can kind of feel the farm vibe can you i don't know we'll see interesting that one interesting I, I am feeling that a strange a strange sense that um, i feel very familiar with that song but mm. at the same time it sounds extremely alien to me it's quite weird it's quite weird because it was a bit of a live favorite wasn't it we played it like constantly All i mean if you ever saw us live ever you probably heard that song
1: mm. it's it such a peculiar recording and Again, it goes back to something we've mentioned before about recording because that was recorded on four-track, um, four-track cassette. Now, obviously, there is drum machine, bass, guitar, keyboard, vocals. Now, even in a very basic sense of counting, that's five tracks. So, what we did was we recorded the drums, bass, and guitar in one go, and I obviously bounced the drums and bass together. Another thing we did with that recording and with that album is we used an effects unit to add some reverb to the drums, but obviously the drums were on the same track as the bass, so the bass has a little bit of reverb on it, which is why it sounds so soupy. Drum machine. Drum machine soupy and soupy bass, Mm. so it's it's got this very peculiar sound to it. Mm. It's just like a weird song.
0: To be honest, I feel I feel like it's a really weird song. Uh, I mean, I hear Captain B-Fart. Because we we're kind of into Captain B-Fart. Well, I hear Captain B-Fart influence, mm-hmm. right? It's that kind of jerky, clear spot era, blues jerky kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's got keyboards, which are kind of blur, blur-esque, seaside organ kind of yes. sound, right? It's not me singing on this one. It's it's Big Jim Convery. Big Jim Sounding, I f- I feel quite threatening on this one. He has a threatening presence. I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but he, he has he has quite he had quite I feel he had quite a threatening presence on stage, perhaps. And I feel this is quite a threatening song.
1: I don't necessarily get threatening. I just malignant, malignant possibly. But the one of the, th- the constant criticisms that we had as a live band was that we didn't play live often enough. And another accusation that was thrown at us was that we couldn't be asked. And yet another accusation that was thrown at us was everything was done very, very ironically with a kind of arched eyebrow. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I'm getting from it. There's a bit of, you know, the the way, and I really don't want to talk about people that aren't on this recording in a way that is disrespectful.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll judge that. We'll judge that when you've said it.
1: Okay. I think there's a bit of can't be asked about it.
0: Uh, I don't think so. I, I, well, I don't know. Um, I the way I remember it, in terms of like the lyrics, right, mm. and, and writing the song, uh, this was at a point where this we kind of got to the point where we were working with Jim and Mark. Sorry, mm. I forget, forgot to mention Mark. Hi Mark. Hi Mark. Where I got to the point where I just basically threw my lyric book across the room at Jim. And I, I, I was no longer kind of active in the sort of the process of like writing the lyrics. I just kind of wrote, I used to write lots of stuff in the notebook and I would yeah. just like throw this notebook at Jim in a practice and situation and then he'd just pick choice lines and phrases and then combine them with his own. And that would be like the lyrics to a song. And it would, it made for kind of quite disconnected songs, I think, which mm. had a similar sort of, yeah, they had a kind of a, a, a similar sort of vibe, which was kind of quite our RC vibe. But I don't know. It's so that I think that's how I remember it anyway. And, and it does feature that ly- that um, the lyric in that song is Jim's dating profile, which I quite enjoy.
1: Yeah. And again, that's a bit of a, um, throwback to one of the things that we all kind of agreed on as a musical touchstone in the band, which was the B-52s, because it's song for a future oh, generation in the middle. The B-52s. Yes.
0: Yeah, I love that song as well.
1: Yeah, I mean we did draw on a wide I mean we all listened to lots of different stuff in the band, but one of the few things that we all agreed on was the B-52s, uh, and that song obviously features everyone's dating profile. So that was a that was the first of many lifts probably not even the first yeah
0: that's on i think one of my favorite b52s albums as well
1: yeah whammy that's that's i think that is my favorite b52s album it's It's such a good album isn't it Mm. the first album i bought by them maybe we'll do a playlist of the b52s
0: oh maybe maybe Maybe. we'll do that unlike the b52s i think that song was never going to appeal to the masses no but I don't think we were trying to really. I think we were trying to make self consciously awkward and
1: malicious kind of music in a way and being a bit clever. I but, think uh, it's I too think clever. I mean, My yeah. thing is, I think it's too clever. I think there is so many, I don't know if you can use this word about music, but there are so many ironic bits in it. You know, you've got the kind of the Reginald Dixon organ bit at the start, which is we were doing it as a Reginald Dixon kind of Blackpool peer sort of organ part at the start. Mm. Park life. Mm. Oh, I mean, I was expecting almost at the count, someone to go, oi, on the fourth beat. You know, it's, uh, and if anyone wants to, wants to know, I did a bit of research via Mark Elston, who played keyboards on that song. The bit of crowd noise at the start is from a Small Faces box set. It is a recording of the Small Faces live at Newcastle City Hall in. November, 1968, because I was listening to it yesterday and thinking, where the hell is that crowd noise from? There you go. Yeah. Bit of trivia for you.
0: That bit's my favourite bit of the song, I think. That and Jim's dating profile. Mm. I think they're the best bits, really. I feel slightly deflated. I have to keep you updated with my emotional state. I don't know whether it's the coffees wearing off, but that song's made me feel quite... I don't know, quite sad. I don't know why. I think it's
1: we were definitely trying I don't know what we were trying for, but it was a a, a live favorite when we did play live. But I can see us playing it live in a kind of get this down your neck sort of way. <laughs> like we're giving you some medicine. Yeah, you're not gonna like this, and we're gonna play it anyway. God. And now when I see bands like that now, I really hate them. Yeah. Let's move on to something a little bit gentler, shall we? Shall we I'm move feeling,
0: on? I'm, not, I'm not sure I like this podcast anymore. It's making me feel weird about stuff. I feel like I'm questioning my uh, identity that's grown up over the
1: years. Maybe that's a good thing. Is the next song going to help?
0: I think the next song might help, hopefully. Uh, the next song it has got a different, different kind of feeling to it altogether. I think. And it's, and it's back to just me and you recording in the bedroom. Hmm. Actually, before you put it on, because I am quite looking forward to hearing this one, I think this is our attempt at writing something that approximates the kind of stuff that was being released on Sarah Records at the time.
1: There's a bit of that. I feel that when I listen to this one and I'll talk to, talk about that after the song and just to say one other thing it's not just me and you on this song
2: what Life is so insane
0: NB. Driving with Mary Jane is never going to end well. So don't do it, kids. That's Just a very, very needed, point. Needed to say that. Very responsible. Very. I'm trying to be a responsible person. I enjoyed the fact that the lyrics on that one in contrast to the previous tracks that we've listened to today. And, and it's kind of brought me back up. That I, I, You know, I, I listened to th- that song and it's kinda of a bit more heartfelt. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's like I'm I'm I, I think in this song and I and it, I can't really remember because it is ages ago, it's a different person in the past, et cetera. But it sounds like somebody who is like trying to write about something that actually was happening to them, not some sort of idea of who they want to be. It's like I was mm. writing about a situation that happened, I think. And and it's per it's from the heart. And I like that. I think that travels better.
1: Yes, I agree. I think, yeah, there was definitely something of the Sarah Records vibe that we were going for. We've mentioned in the past that the Johnny Domino name came about because we had a four-track because I was recording a single for our friends in Peru.
0: Not Peru, the country.
1: All of Peru recorded a single for the entire nation of Peru. It was like a revolutionary act. But yeah, it's an indie band. Peru the band. Peru, an indie band called Peru that featured our mate Brian slash Jock slash Archdeacon of pop. He was the drummer in our old band and he wrote indie pop songs as well. And the bass player that we've mentioned in the past, the one who forgot to plug his bass amp in, John Coolin. He was Johnny Johnny P. Coolin. He was one of the other songwriters in Peru. And I recorded lots of things with them. Sometimes it was just me and Jock. Sometimes it was me, Jock, and Chris. Sometimes it was all four of us. And one of the things that you said at the start of this recording was it's going back to just me and you. John Cooling does the backing vocals on the chorus.
0: Oh, that's so good. I don't remember that, but I'm really pleased it's John. I'm really pleased it's John. Because it kind of that makes it even more kind of like. Of that kind of Sarah Records vibe, and and Jock was like the person who was like brought that whole world to our awareness, really, Definitely, the Sarah yeah. Records thing. Yeah. And Sarah Records, if anyone
1: doesn't know, was a Bristol-based label, wasn't it? Yeah, based in Bristol. Yeah. They were kind of the poster children of indie pop. A lot of it, you could probably say, it was kind of shambling and cutesy. But when you get into that whole kind of scene, Mm. if you think about someone like Beat Happening, they were kind of very shambling and cutesy and pretending to be kids, but the songs are really not very cute. No, they're not. And by all accounts, that whole scene was so unbelievably decadent, it was kind of like the last days last days of Pompeii or something. It was
0: Yeah. And it was all like seven inch singles, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And I read somewhere that they 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 they'd stopped after they reached a hundred. I don't they, know. If that's they, true they, it sounds good. Yeah, did. Cool. No. I, I read it on Wikipedia. They got to catalogue number Sarah one hundred and then they had a party and then they shut down. And I respect that, because they just stopped.
1: That's wicked. That's a cool, really cool thing. That's a really yeah. cool
0: thing. So Sarah Records, I'm gonna tell you my favourite Sarah Records song. Go for it. My favourite Sierra Records song is "You Should All Be Murdered by Another Sunny Day." That's a great song. It's a great song. It's got incredibly reactionary lyrics, which is brilliant. It's about like going to about wanting to murder people. And whenever I listen to that, whenever I hear that title, whenever I think of about it, I always think about it in a Scottish accent. I think it's that link with Jock. I, and I always think about it, you should all be marted, like uh, like um, Cracker. Like Tagger, yeah, marted, you should all be marted.
1: Yes. And it really makes me laugh. I apologise to funny. any of our Scottish listeners <laughs> for the accent. <laughs> What's
0: your favourite?
1: Weirdly, one of the only Sarah records I've got is the Emma's House 7-inch oh, by good. Field Mice, which is, you've got a couple of tunes on it, but... Um, at the moment, I'm hovering on whether to sell it on Discogs because it's fetching quite a bit of money, oh, which is yeah. which is odd. But but then then I wouldn't have anything from Sarah Records.
0: I think you should hang on to it.
1: I think I might be. You know, what I'm like? I'm not. I'm not one for giving stuff away. You've helped me move house a couple of times. I've got a lot of stuff. <laughs> you, you're not yeah. kidding, mate. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. So anyway, back to the job in hand. The song "Say Something,
1: Say Something" by Johnny Domino. Can I just say something about Say Something? by Say something. Say something. I don't know why. There are three distinct middle eights in that song. Now, when we were talking about this song, we did talk about a kind of revisionist history approach where I would edit out the bit that offends me. Well,
0: I don't think you should. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't think you should because I quite... I mean, I think, yes... On one side, songs can sometimes go on a bit too long. But mm. then on another side, it goes on a bit of a musical journey, and it depends on what mood you're in when you're listening to it. Because actually, if you're feeling like you want to go on a bit of a musical journey, it's actually all right.
1: Okay, it's decided. I'm going to leave it. Are oh, you? Yeah? yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I did. I did try to chop it out. I, I gave it like five minutes, and I thought, nah, I can't be bothered. <laughs>
0: Honestly, that's the vibe
1: I'm getting today. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do like that song. And,
0: it's uh, straight for, and it sounds kind of open, it's those open strings and it's got that sort of straightforward thing. I don't want too much of that kind of music, no. do you know what I mean? But sometimes it hits the spot, doesn't it?
1: It really does. I enjoyed listening to that this morning. Here we are at the end of the episode
0: and we're going to choose... Which one of the three tracks that we recorded as Johnny Domino we're gonna put onto our theoretical um what's it called again? Theoretical best of mixtape. That's it. We're gonna put it which one are we gonna put on? And this week we have a bit of jeopardy because I think we've chosen three songs that I think have have all got good qualities about them. Mm. But we are gonna be very strict. And we're going to just choose one.
1: Yes. Okay. Now, Dick's Kitchen. There's something about it that makes me feel uncomfortable. More than anything, I don't really like the way it's recorded because obviously we did play it live a lot and we got better at playing that song. And did we ever do it with a real drummer? Yeah, we must have done. We must have done it with, with Jeff when we eventually about a year before we stopped being Johnny Domino and about 15 years into being Johnny Domino, we actually got a real drummer and everything just sounded better with a real drummer. So I think that's
0: not everything, not everything,
1: quite a lot of things. But but, a
0: a lot of the stuff we were choosing to do at the time was came together quite well with a drummer. And I think that one did sound, definitely sound better.
1: Yeah. And I think that's possibly what my issue is. It's kind of a missed opportunity. Whereas I think the other two songs that we're talking about, being recording artifacts, they are what they are. You know, we never played them again. We didn't do any live. We just that's what the song is. So I feel Mm. happier with them being finished. Which one's your favourite though? Well, I'm surprised how much I enjoyed Say Something. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. Because going into this, I was I was going to be all in on I'm not in anymore. Which way are you going to go? I still think my favorite is I'm not in anymore. I don't agree with
0: you. I think that it's uh, it's good and uh, and it was one that we liked uh, back in the day, but i I have to say i at this point in time, I really think that um, say something's a bit more direct and it's like I listened to that on my headphones and I enjoyed it. I'm happier with the lyrics, it's less r c i like it it's i'm, I'm pl- more pleased with it than the others
1: yeah i th- i think going into this i was convinced i was going to pick i'm not in anymore but the way i felt listening to them this morning i was probably more in the mood for say something
0: yeah me too
1: well let's go with say something then
0: oh my god oh steve i've got a new section oh good I've got a new section this week, uh, and the new section is songs
1: that I want to be played at my funeral. Really? Okay, this is it. Interesting. I I know what my song is for the funeral, but you go for, with yours. Here we go. Well, this week, my song
0: that I'd like to be played at my funeral, and this isn't the depressing thing. No, uh, is Freebird Two by the Parquet Courts. Do you want to know why? I would love to know why. Okay. I like the music, obviously. It's Mm -hmm. kind of jaunty, which Mm -hmm. is what you need, I think, really. You don't want anything too depressing. And the lyrics, I think, are really Mm -hmm. fantastic. Uh, It's the internal voice of someone who's got to the point where they're looking back on their life, and they've got to that point, and they're sort of thinking, yeah, I kind of get it. I kind of get it, what it's all about and it's got some really really good lines in it that i think would be very appropriate for for that sort of occasion every step i've strayed from and followed led me okay. to the same location that's a great line, that's and a nice line. also refers to life as a delivery to now mm. a delivery to being on you know fight this moment that we're in at the moment it's like the past is like a delivery to now and then at the very end the, the chorus bit, the, the free. I feel free, like you promised I'd be. Oh,
1: that is it nice. just does it
0: for me, man. It just does it for me, man.
1: Okay, so there you go.
0: That's the end, that's the end of my section.
1: And that's that is the song this week. If, if this is if you were to die within the next week or so, <laughs> and we are recording this in the middle of August, <laughs> that's what you're going to have played. Interesting. That's cheerful in Are you interested to know what I would like played at my funeral?
0: It's not really part of the section, but you can you can you can add it if you want. Alright. Oh, so this section is
1: songs that Giles once played at his funeral. Excellent. Yeah. So but my, you can add, you can add, you can have another section if you want. Well, so no, it's fine. My input isn't required. Let's just leave it as it is. Thank you very much for caring. <laughs> this is why our relationship is what it is now so here we are at the end of the episode
0: thank you for listening it's been really good this morning steve i've really enjoyed it as usual and we will be back again in a couple of weeks with some more songs and i don't know i'm feeling we're heading towards having some kind of a a guest episode or something we'll see at some point in
1: the near future i hope if you are enjoying the podcast please share it with friends of yours who may also have a similar interest and also like and subscribe wherever you are listening right now. Is that what I say? Something like that. Is that basically all I say? I think so. Okay.
0: Turn the mic off now.